People's Church, this Wednesday night is our deeper night, and it is a time to go deeper in the presence of the Lord. Listen, if you've never been to a deeper night, you're missing out. I'm telling you, you got to be here, and this coming up Wednesday night, we're also having a special prayer service at 6.30 p.m. God is doing something special in our church. He is moving in a special way, and it's because we're ramping up prayer. I need you here at 6.30. As many of you as, as can be here at 6.30 p.m., we're going to pray and seek God, and then we're going to have our deeper night service. There'll be pizza here and some food here for, for you and your children, but I need you here at all of our locations. Get to the prayer service at 6.30 and then deeper night on Wednesday night. And, hey, I just popped in uh, just a few moments ago. Uh, there are people praying right now for the 1030 service. They're in a room right now seeking God on your behalf. Every Sunday now at every one of the services, there are people praying and seeking God's face. I would encourage you. I need my prayer warriors together at all of our campuses. I encourage you at our other campuses. If God is touching your heart as you hear this, let your campus pastor know. I would love to have a room together with people to pray. And some of you, would you just go see one of our pastors and they'll tell you where people are praying. They'll be praying in this next service at noon. Now, if you're serving another ministry, we need you there. But if you're not, would you pray? We need people seeking God. How many know prayer is where the battle is won? Do you believe that, church? It's where the battle is won. So thank God for a praying church. And can I tell you, testimonies are coming in because we're praying. And I would love to hear how God is working in your life. Would you let me know how, how God is moving and healing and providing in your life? Send your testimony into my story at peopleschurch.tv. My story at peopleschurch.tv and let us know how God is working in your life. Well, today we're starting a series I am fired up about called Encounter. As a matter of fact, I want to prepare you for next week. Everybody on Saturday, remember to spring forward one hour. All right, because next week you're going to come and have a move of God and it won't be one happening. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, you, your church will be over. Now, that's how some of you roll anyway. Some of you show up, you know, last five minutes of service. Woo, I've been to church. And you leave all out. <laughs> I like to mess with some of you a little bit, huh? Yeah, mess with some of you a little bit. But, hey, be sure to spring forward because God is going to do some powerful things in this series. I've titled today, More of God's Presence. More of God's Presence is my title for today's message. There have been times I have been talking with my wife, talking with my, my children, and actually there have been seasons where this has happened, where I have been talking to Tiffany, and I was there with her in the room, but I wasn't fully there. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And I thought I fooled her. And then later on she told me, she said, you weren't there. You weren't fully there. Come on, have you ever been in a conversation before talking to somebody? You're face-to-face -face with them, and they've been talking for like five minutes, but you're not listening to anything. You ever been there before? They're like, mm-hmm. And they better not say, well, what did I just say? You're like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm here, but I'm not fully here. And did you realize that God is here, and yet most people aren't experiencing God? Did you realize that God can be here, but yet you're not experiencing him? You see, there are different 
levels to the presence of God. Some of you find yourself at, at a level zero where you're not even experiencing the presence of God. Some of you are at a level one. So some of you are at a level two of experiencing God. Some of you are at a level five or level six. Some are at a level, a level seven of experiencing God. And no matter what level you find yourself at today, I want you to know that God wants you to experience more of his presence. That's his plan. That's his purpose. That's his will for your life. People, sir, you don't just need more information. You need to experience the presence of God. You don't just need more information about God. Information's everywhere. You can get on the internet and you can find so much information. Right there on your phone, you could get your phone open and you could Google and you could find out about almost anything in the world. I mean, just information is everywhere. There are more sermons today than ever before, not just on television, right there on your phone, on Instagram, on websites, on, on Facebook. Sermons are everywhere today. Friends, can I tell you, millions of people have the Bible on their phone. The Word of God is on their phone. Information is everywhere. There's a lot of information, but little transformation. Because people need to encounter the presence of the living God, not just informational, but it's experiential. You need to experience the presence of the Lord. And no matter where you are, no matter where you are, my hope today is that you would desire more of God because he desires to pour more of himself into your life. And today what I want to help you do is experience more of the presence of God. I want to teach you that today. And throughout this series, how you could experience more of God's presence and the benefits of walking and living in the presence of God. Our key verse today is in Psalm chapter 22 and verse 3. It says this out of the King James Version. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest or, or inhabits the praises of Israel. I, I like also how the New, Test, the New Living Translation says it. And, and a lot of the translations read like this. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And the word enthroned, enthroned or inhabits means God sits on the praises of his people. The presence of God manifests in our lives when we praise God. And one of the key ways for you to experience more of the presence of God is learning how to praise and worship your great God. And now when some people hear this, when some people hear, you say, Pastor, God manifests or he, he sits on the praises of his people? Or you hear, you mean, you mean people can experience more of the presence of God? That there are people that think and they wonder, is this really possible? Pastor, I thought God was everywhere. You mean I can experience more of God's presence? I, I thought he was everywhere. What, what are you talking about? And understand something. God is everywhere. That is correct. But there's a difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. Some of you are hearing this for the very first time. Stay with me. You got to catch this. I want to teach you today. The omnipresence of God explains how God is everywhere at the same time. John chapter 4 and verse 24 tells us that God is spirit 
and, 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 and the Bible lets us know that God is not housed in this flesh. He's not confined by flesh. And because God is spirit, he can be everywhere at the same time. Now, I'm a Bible preacher, so I'm going to give you a lot of God's word today. So get your notes out, get ready. We're going to preach God's word to you today. Jeremiah 23, verse 24 says, can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not Everywhere, God says, am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth, says the Lord. And the answer is yes, God is everywhere at the same time. Psalm chapter 139 and verse 7 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, even there, God, you're there. Your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast because God is everywhere. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The, the, the omnipresence of God explains how God's presence is everywhere at the same time. So, friends, understand this. God is everywhere and yet many people are not experiencing the presence of God. There's more of God's presence that he wants you to experience besides his omnipresence. There's also the manifest presence of God. And that sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? The manifest presence of God. Let me just make it real simple for you. When you hear that terminology, the manifest presence of God, all it simply means is God's presence made clear. God's presence made clear. The omnipresence of God can exist without our awareness, but the manifest presence cannot. When God manifests his presence, we are aware of it. There's a big difference between saying God is everywhere versus God is here. There's a difference. There's a difference. God is here. Let me show you just a few examples of God manifesting his presence. God making his presence Clear, And whenever that happens, people are aware of it. It's all throughout the Bible. I'll just pull out three examples of it. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So we know that God is present. God is everywhere at the same time, but yet he manifests his presence through a burning, burning bush and Moses saw it. Moses was able to say not just God was everywhere, but Moses was able to say God is here. In this moment, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw, they heard, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the early disciples, they didn't just say God is everywhere. They were able to say God is here. Acts chapter 4 and verse 31, Acts, it says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. The early disciples, the, the Bible said they were praying and man, the place began to shake because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And they were able to say, God is here. 
One of the major differences between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God is there are no conditions placed on the omnipresence of God. You don't have to do anything for God to be everywhere at the same time. That's just who he is. He's God and he's everywhere. Now, let me let you understand something about God. Because there are conditions on the manifest presence of God, but God can do anything at any time he wants to. So if God decides, he can show up in a, he can manifest himself in a burning bush whenever he wants to without you doing anything. Because he is God. But I want you to understand that that doesn't happen very often. (laughs) And, And you don't have to hope or wait for a burning bush to experience God. God desires for you to experience his presence presence. God wants you to to, to know his presence. God wants you to experience his presence. God wants you to grow in his presence. God wants you living in his presence. But understand this. Here's what you got to catch. There are conditions to experiencing God's presence. Pastor, I don't feel God. I don't sense God anymore. Well, there's conditions to experiencing, experiencing his manifest presence. Let me just give you some examples today. James chapter 4 and verse 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. If you will draw near to God, the Bible promises that God will draw near to you. The Bible says, wash your hands, you sinners, or, or turn from your sin and turn to God, and God will come near to you. I've experienced this on several occasions in my own life. There have been times I've had sin in my heart. There have been times I've had unforgiveness in my heart. I wasn't feeling God and you know what I've done there have been times I've just turned to God I said God touch me Lord Lord forgive me of all of my sins forgive me of the junk that's in my heart and I and I just came near to God I made a call on the name of Jesus and and this has literally happened to me on several occasions that I I literally felt God's presence I, I felt his forgiveness and his love and his grace flood my soul the presence of God touched me in a real way because the scripture says that if you will draw near to God he will draw near so you pastor, I don't feel God. I don't, I don't feel God. Well, you got you to gotta draw near to God. You got to turn from sin and come near to God. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with you. When two or three or more people gather in the name of Jesus, God comes with his presence. Let me tell you something, church. There is power in worshiping God together. God pours out his spirit in a special way when we come together in Jesus' name. And I thank God for technology. I love that we get to stream our services online every week. uh, And we have our sermons archived every single week. And so if you're joining online, I'm glad we can offer that. But there's nothing like being in the room. There's nothing like coming together in corporate worship to church and God shows up in a special way with his presence when we come together. If you're watching online, get to church. Get to church. There's something about being in the room. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 4. And he says, so when you are assembled, when you're gathered together, 
and I, and I am with you in spirit. Paul says, listen, I'm writing this letter. I'm in another city right now, but I'm with you in spirit. But understand this, when you're assembled together, he says, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present. God's power is present in a unique way when we come together in the name of of Jesus. There's something special about church. There's something special about deeper night. There's something special about coming together in the name of the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 22 and verse 3, our key verse, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. God is enthroned. I, I want to feel God, Pastor. I want to know God. I want more of his presence. God is enthroned. God inhabits God manifests. God sits on the praises of his people. If you want more of the presence of God in your life, you want more of the presence of God in your family, in your home, you want more of the presence of God in your work. If you want more of God's presence, you have to learn how to praise and worship the Lord because he sits, he manifests himself on the praises of his people. And God's presence makes all the difference in the world. I'm telling you today, some of you are chasing after things. You think, man, if I can just get a little of that, if I can just get a little of that, I, that'll take care of me. And I'm telling you, God's presence is the answer. Some of the situations you're dealing with, some of the mess you're dealing with, some of the relational conflict that you're dealing with, it will go away if you can get yourself in the presence of a living God. He will work in your life. He'll flood your situation. The presence of God is the difference maker. There's joy in his presence. Psalm chapter 16 verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. You don't have to continue to live depressed. You don't have to continue to live sad and heavy hearted because in the presence of God is fullness of joy. You need more of his presence. I love what Moses says in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 14. I want you to hear this. Listen, if you're sleeping with your eyes open, wake up, wake up, wake up. This, this one's important. This is important right here. This is important. Check this out. Exodus 33 verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? You see, the one thing that will distinguish you and set you apart from the world is the presence of the living God resting on your life and like Moses, we need to long for the presence of God. Moses said, I don't want to go if your presence doesn't go. And I'm telling you, I don't want to preach unless your presence is on my life. I don't want to pastor unless your presence is on my life. I don't want to be a husband or a daddy unless your presence is on my life. I don't want to be a leader unless your presence is on my life. The presence of God is the difference maker. Not my talent, not my wisdom, not my creativity, not my ingenuity. I need the presence of the living God. Oh God, we need more. Oh, God, we need more. And praise and worship will bring his presence into your life. I want to teach you for the next few moments how to praise and worship the Lord so you can enter, encounter more of his presence. I want to teach you this. Here's what some people say. Well, I just worship however I want to worship. I just worship by eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. No, you can't. God tells you how he wants you to worship. 
So you can't just do whatever you want to do and call it worship. So I want to give you eight ways to praise. Eight ways to praise found in your Bible. Number one is this standing. Standing. In most cultures, it's custom to stand when a dignitary walks in. We stand when a dignitary walks in to show respect, to show honor. And if we will stand and show respect and honor to people, how much more should we stand to show respect and honor to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? So when we come together in corporate worship, we stand to worship our great God. Totally understand if you have health problems and you can't stand Please stay seated. But if you can stand, stand up for your great king. Stand up for the Lord of Lords, not for you, for him, to honor him, to show him respect. First Chronicles chapter 23 and verse 30 says they were also that they were also to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. They were they were they, they, they were to do the same in the evening, in the morning, in the evening. They stood and every week we stand to worship God, to show him honor. Every deeper night we stand to lift up the name of Jesus and to honor him. Exodus 33 and verse 10 says, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance at the tent, they all stood and worshiped each at the entrance to their tent. Standing is one way we praise God the Lord. A second way is singing. It's another way that we worship God so that we can experience more of his presence. Psalm 33 and verse 3 says, sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Psalm 95 verse 1, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. And how many of you are like your pastor? You can't sing a lick. Come on, you can't. You can't hit a note if we tried to pay you to hit a note. You just can't. That's me. I can't sing a lick, but it doesn't stop me from getting my sing on. Come on, somebody. Huh? I still lift up my voice and sing to the Lord. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop, never stop. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Never stop, never stop. I'm not going to ever record an album. Oh, but it's worthy of all of my praise. I got to praise the Lord. The Bible says sing to the Lord a new song. A third way that we praise, ways to praise. Number three is clapping. It says Psalm 147 in verse one says, oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Clapping our hands is one of the ways we praise the Lord. Scripture says clap your hands, all you people. God loves when we clap. He sits on the praises of his people. We clap at basketball games and everywhere else. Come on, sometimes you ought to just, come on. Come on, somebody. This is for Jesus. Come on. Come on, come on. Give it up for Jesus. Come on, church. Come on, Midwest City. Come on, Northwest. Come on, Mabel Bassett. For you, Jesus. The Bible says, clap your hands. All you all you people. And one of the ways we praise is by clapping our hands. Ways to praise. Number four is by shouting. By shouting. Psalm 33 and verse 3 says, sing to him a new song. 
play joy, play skillfully and shout for joy. Psalm 95 verse 1 says, come, let us sing for, for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. The Bible says that, man, we ought to shout sometimes. We ought to worship God with the shout. And, and some people today are saying, well, pastor, I don't know if that's for me. I'm a little too educated, sophisticated, dignified, and reserved. My personality doesn't lean in the way of shouting. And I've come here to tell you, you're wrong. <laughs> come on, you ought to shout sometimes. It had nothing to do with your personality. You ought to shout sometimes. Come on, when your favorite team wins the football game, your favorite basketball team wins the big basketball game, we won. Oh, pastor, I don't even enjoy sports. I don't shout over sports. I don't shout. If I take you outside right now and tell you there's a brand new 2020 car paid for, it's yours. Yay! You do seven laps around the parking lot. Ah! Oh, you shout. And I'm telling you that the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, paid the price for your sins on the cross of Calvary and your sins are forgiven. You're a child of God. You're on your way to heaven. You woke up this morning in your right mind. You have the activity of your limbs. You can talk. You can see. You can hear. You can eat. You can breathe. Somebody! Hey, all the shout because God has been good to you. God has been better to you than you've been to yourself. And sometimes you ought to shout and give God some praise. Pastor, what kind of church is this? It's a Bible believing church. And I'm teaching you how God says he wants you to worship him so he can sit on your life. Number five is this. The Bible says a fifth way to praise is dancing. Psalm 149 verse 3 says, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. Psalm 150 verse 4 says, praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. And sometimes... You need to cut a step for Jesus. You used to cut a step in the club. You used to cut a step in the party. And sometimes, hey. Hey, where's my organ at right now? Glory to Sometimes you ought to praise the Lord with the dance. Now, now, whenever a pastor like myself teaches a message like this, there's always one person that's a little cray-cray. Yeah. Not everybody. We got thousands of people. I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking to the one cray-cray. So for the one cray-cray person, this is for you. When, when we clap or shout or dance in a corporate worship service, we need to be mindful of others. <laughs> worship is not about drawing attention to yourself. It's about lifting up Jesus and making him famous. We want Jesus to be the center 
of attention. It's about worshiping God and making him the center. Worship is not about distracting others. Come on, how many of you old saints in the place ever been in a service and somebody distracting everybody? You know, ah! Hitting, hitting folks, stepping all over them like, what, is, what are you doing? The focus should always be on Jesus and not on us. Our worship should not create distractions, confusion, or disorder. God is not a God of confusion or disorder. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 33 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the congregation of the Lord's people. He's a God of, he's a God of order. Now there are some people, only that one cray cray, they, 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 just, they say, well pastor, I can't help myself. I have to. I just have to act like a fool. God makes me shout, clap, get all the attention on myself. Jesus makes me do it. No, he doesn't. You can control yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32 says, The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of prophets. So what I'm saying to that one, come on, just look at your neighbor and say, this is not for you. It's for cray-cray. It's not you, though. It's not you. It's not for you. It's not for you. This, is, this, part, this part's not for you. This part's not for you. It's for that one cray-cray. When you worship, you praise God without trying to draw attention to yourself or be a distraction. And remember this. I want to say this for somebody who maybe is a new Christian. And if, if someone's being weird at church, it's not because the Holy Spirit is weird. It's because they are weird. <laughs> if you're weird before you get the Holy Spirit, you will be weird after you get the Holy Spirit. Don't blame weirdness on God. That's people. <laughs> Moving right along. Always to praise. Number six is this, bowing. Bowing is another way we praise the Lord. Psalm 95 and verse 6 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Second Chronicles 29 and verse 29 says, When the offerings were finished, the king and everyone present with him knelt down and worshipped. Bowing or kneeling before God is how we posture ourselves in a, in a posture of submission. How we posture ourselves with reverence and honor before God. And it, it, was, it wasn't long ago I found myself getting on my knees before God. Calling, I actually had tears in my eyes. Going, God, I need you. And it's just a posture that I was just sitting down and kneeling down before my God, bowing, worshiping him in reverence and honor. And can I tell you, the presence of God met me there on my knees. One of the ways we praise is by bowing and kneeling before God. Seven, number seven, a, a seventh way to praise is by lifting hands. Lifting hands. Psalm 63 and verse 4 says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Psalm 134 verse 2 says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, in the church house, and praise the Lord. When we come together at church, one of the best things that we can do is to lift our hands in the presence of God and worship him. You see, when we lift our hands, we are directing our praise heavenward. When we, when we like, a, like, a, like, a, like a young child, they lift their hands up, offering themselves to their parents. Pick me up. I need you. And when we, when we lift our hands to God, we're, we're offering ourselves to God. 
God, I need you. I need your presence. Lifting hands is a universal, it's a universal sign of surrender, saying, God, I surrender my life to you. I, I want to mature our church in worship so that you can experience more of the presence of God in your life. Let me just, let me help us today. When you come and worship and lift your hands to God, don't just wait for your favorite song. Well, if they sing my song, I will praise the Lord. No, 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 that's called worshiping worship. You don't worship worship, you worship God. Or you know, you know how it is. We, we all have a tendency, a propensity to, to wait for that one moment in the song when it really builds. You know what I mean? It's like starts off slow. Oh, that's the, that's the part right there. No, 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 no. Don't worship worship. Can I encourage you? Come to church, and when they first start singing, it don't matter if you like the song, if it's your song. This is not about worshiping worship. It's about worshiping a holy God. And so we lift our hands and God, I need you. I worship you. I magnify you. It's about you. I surrender my life. I need more of your presence. Listen, can I grow you in your worship? Right when you come in, if you say, well, Pastor, I need him to prime me up. I need him to warm me up. Warm your own self up in your car on the way to church. Get you some worship music on the car and say, Mm, touch me Jesus feel me so when you get to church in corporate worship nobody's got to warm you up bless the Lord magnify God worship God let God you need more of his presence and the last way that I want to point out to you ways to praise is with instruments with instruments I'm going to read Psalm 150. It's six short verses. One of the most powerful psalms on worship. And the psalm says this, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary, in his church. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. We don't have a trumpet, but we got the closest thing to it right there, church. Mm. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings. And pipe. The Bible says praise him with the clash of cymbals and the resounding cymbals. And verse 6 says, let everything, let everything, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Worship team, would you come? Somebody, somebody ought to give God, give God. today. Give God your praise.
miracles can happen in miracles.